Shout out to Clarity for supporting this episode and providing us with the samples. I've been battling allergies for years now. Let me tell you, they've been a real ordeal in my life. Luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available release sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to ClaritinD.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And so a lot of people chose Korea for these reasons. And it's why they get stuck. At some point, they realize I'm not happy because they didn't make decisions based on who they are and what they really love, their values, their talents, uh, the, what I call the, you know, the inner compass. And so they make decisions on the outside. So a lot of my process first is helping people realize that and then going back to their own, what I call authentic self. What are their own inner compass? What are their own values? What the drivers of fulfillment? Not to make someone happy on the outside, not to get approval from society, but to get approval from yourself inside where you get lighter, this place where you lead up. What's up, guys? Welcome to The Greatness Machine. I'm your host, Darius Mershaz, and I'm so pumped to have you here with me. Now, listen, The Greatness Machine is about two things. Number one, people are living their passions. And number two, those who are creating greatness in the world. Doing both of these despite the odds against them. Each episode, we're going to feature interviews of world-class speakers and business leaders showcasing their origin story, what made them tick, what got them to where they are now, so it can help you step into your greatness within your own life, business, and career. Occasionally, you might hear a few solo episodes from myself, moi, as I say, as I leverage my 20 years in entrepreneurship as a CEO to help you grow and level up in your journey to scale your life and your business. So come be a fly on the wall, enjoy the conversation and messages, and I'm stoked to have you guys here. Welcome to the Greatness Machine. Hello, Isabel. Hi, Darius. I love it. I actually love, I love this song. So, so perfect. Oh, I'm so glad. Well, guys, welcome to the Greatness Machine. I'm your host, Darius from Shazday, and we have an amazing guest with us today, the one and only Isabel Perichou. And yes. Did I get that right? Yes. All right, cool. Well, guys, before we get started, I want to give a little bit of, a, of a housekeeping. Uh, look, the format of the show is quite simple. We're bringing together change makers from all over the world who are living their passions to create greatness. And we're so lucky to have Isabel here with us to let her tell us all about the greatness she's doing. So I'm so, so proud to have you. Thank you for coming. My pleasure. I'm so happy to be on the show. Um, like I said, this is a very special guest. And, and I kind of like hounded Isabel softly. I just email her every now and again and say, hey, we come be on my show. Uh, we actually met a few months ago, uh, earlier in the year. And I just want to tell a little bit about what you do. Is that, is that okay, Isabel? 
So guys, Isabel is the founder of Brilliant Seeds and she is a career reinvention coach. She's a champion for helping people find their unique gifts and to do so from a place of passion and empathy. Did I get that one? Did I miss anything? Uh, no, that's great. And uh, yes, and I, one of the things I developed a process that is really uh, going beyond, you know, the, the limitation of traditional career counseling. And that's very powerful for people to identify the career they truly love. Yeah. So, so you built a system around the traditional career counseling. And, and so how we got introduced was I actually left my position as a CEO of, of a company that I built with my business partners in late last year. And I was, and, and some of you who watch the show will know that I've been going through this transition over the, I talk about the transition that I've been going through um, in my life. And uh, a friend of mine, a good friend of mine, Kate Shocks, you know who you are, Kate. She said, you know, I, I have a friend who is working with this, you know, career reinvention coach, and maybe you should talk to her. And I was like, what is a career reinvention coach? I mean, it, I mean, it's probably what it sounds like, but it's, but it's kind of a, you know, it's, I hadn't heard that term before. So I was very intrigued and I reached out to you and we had, we had a great conversation. And what was funny was I was genuinely wanting to like learn about this. In the middle of the, of the conversation, I had this moment where, where I basically said, you know, Isabel, the reason I don't, I'm not going to do this is because I want to do this so badly. <laughs> and, and, um, and so what's funny is, is that my body was saying something to me. And the reason I felt that way is that over the previous two, two and a half years, I had been going from one coaching program to the next. I had kind of been like a coachaholic, right? And so my instinct was to, was because I, when you work with great coaches, especially they bring out amazing things in you and you learn a lot about yourself and I'm a learner. That's my number four strength. So I was learning about myself and that was feeding that part of me and it gave me ideas and I have ideation in my strength. So it made me, you know, I got really excited about that, but I got to the point where I said, you know, I'm going to take a break from coaching. And I told us about, I said, you know, I wanted, I, the reason I'm not doing this is because I want to do this. So I'm the opposite of probably most people. Most people were like, were like, Darius, you should have done it. And I'm like, I'm doing the opposite of what, what my brain wants to do. And I'm going to go into the wilderness by myself. So that's, that's actually what I've been doing is I went into the wilderness by myself. And now I'm in the wilderness by myself, like, like learning things the hard way, I guess. But I'm a bad example. I, I'm an example of somebody that has been like, has done so much development that I'm overdeveloped. At a, I'm at a point where I'm kind of like rebelling against myself. Right. <laughs> I, and so my question for you is people that, I'm guessing most people aren't like that. I'm guessing most people haven't done a lot of work or they've done some work, but, but there's still a lack of clarity and, and they haven't done the, the exercise or the work to figure it out. So they come to you and maybe I'm jumping too far ahead, but I guess my first question is why do people come to you? Yeah. And one thing I want to say before I answer this question, because I think what you share is really important is uh, yes, first of all, a lot of people I, I talk to are not in your situation. And for me, it's really honoring. I remember when I talked to you, it was really about honoring your truth. And for all of my clients or the people I talk to, what is really your truth? Not your, in your mind, but in your body. And in your case, by really listening to you and hearing you, it sounded like your truth and what was more service to you was actually not to do coaching because you had done so much and you had a 
a kind of a, a maybe a pattern of you know doing more coaching more coaching anywhere in a place where it was more for you to go on your own but most of people i talk to this is actually the opposite <laughs> right. so it's really important to say because i hear a lot of people who said oh you know when after they talk to me or they come to a class where I explain, you know, we do some exercise and like, you know what, I'm going to try by myself. Oh, yeah. Most people that just doesn't work. So that is common where they haven't had that experience, but they try to figure it out by themselves without coaching. Wow. I actually, and again, being someone that's doing it right now for different reasons, I think that that is an absolute mistake. And so, because that's like, I think it's undermining the value of, of what coaching really brings, right? So I know a lot of people that, that do a lot of coaching. I have a friend, by the way, he spent a million dollars on coaching, mm-hmm. right? And I didn't spend a million dollars on coaching, but I did spend a lot of time and money. And he got to the point where he said, I'm not doing it anymore. Because, he, because I think at a certain point, if you've done the work, which most people don't do the work, mm-hmm. then it's just a question of like, well, what's, what, if you're doing all this work and you're not getting what you want, then it's, it's not the work, it's you you know, more than likely. Yeah, and I also, I have mentors who often say getting help is not being weak, is being wise. And right. I find this is really the truth when we really want to have a fulfilling life, fulfilling career. And what I want to say also in my specific, in the work I do, so a lot of people, to answer your initial question, you know, a lot of people come to me and they are lost they have worked they're often successful in their career they have worked for 5 10 15 years in a specific field and they reach a point where they are not happy in their work sometimes they are totally miserable they are stuck they feel often lost they have no idea they want to do something a work that is really making a difference in the world that makes them they are excited to get out of bed in the morning and often they have they are clueless about what it is and how to find it because they have gone, they've explored work for the wrong reasons. Right. And especially in this context, they need guidance about unlearning all the way they have gone from the wrong reason to really get back to what truly makes them happy and what are their natural talents. And for a lot of people, there is no system out there. We are not taught that in school, uh, in the corporate world. So a lot of people need guidance to do that. And they cannot really do that by themselves. So the typical person will come to you, they're 10, 15, maybe even 20 years into their career and something's happened and they're not happy. And to your point, they're probably experts. And we had, we had a a person on the show yesterday who's a, he's a high performance coach for leaders. um, Who's a great guy where he's a, he's the leadership coach at Singularity University um, Robert Ellis. I love Robert. And he, he said, you know, everyone's, they go on their path and the path is, it's a known entity. They know where they're going and they're just kind of going through the motions. And yeah, there's things that change here and there, but it's a path. And what you're talking about, at least from his point of view, is what's called a journey. And they don't, it's not, it's new, it's scary. It's the, and, and they've never been on it before. And, excuse me, not, not, he calls it a quest, not a journey. So that's a quest. And every good quest needs a good question, right? And so what I'm hearing you say is that these folks have been on this path that they understand. And then, and then they get a calling to a quest because they're not happy on that path anymore. But a quest is different. A quest is an unknown. It's going into the wilderness. It's, mm-hmm. it's 
there's a lot of uncertainty and, and they don't know how to apply maybe the things that make them happy or the things that make them feel fulfilled to not only survive in that quest, but thrive in that quest. And so for you being a career reinvention coach, and I want to say this again, because I don't know if people picked this up when I said this earlier, the person, Kate Shocks, who referred Isabel to me, doesn't make reference, she never makes referrals, by the way, guys, ever. And she's, she runs a venture capital fund with, with her husband. They're very successful. She knows a lot of really successful people. And she said, I have a friend who referred Isabel, who said to me, Darius, who said, Darius should talk to Isabel. She is the best career reinvention coach he's ever met or heard of in his entire career. And, and this has come like, so I just want to like reiterate that because I think that's a really big statement. And it's one of the reasons why I wanted you on the show, which is so many people, I say this, they live lives of quiet desperation. They somehow end up in whatever career they ended up in. I'm going to use myself as an example. I never had a passion for my industry. I liked entrepreneurism. I liked making money. And then I figured out a way to do it my way. This is why there's a pink unicorn behind me right now, <laughs> you know, that felt authentic to me. But I felt like I was going kind of against the grain the whole time. Mm-hmm. And at a certain point, I wasn't getting fulfillment out of it. And I broke and I quit. And I said, I'm done with this path. And so now I keep start, I started saying this, by the way, is about I tell people I've now retired from that industry. I'm done. I'm like, I, I, it's, it's weird to say that, by the way. Like that's taking ownership that it's done. So people come to you and maybe they're not retiring from their industry, but they're clearly not happy. And the way that I envision it for myself and maybe your clients like this are tied up in knots. Like they don't know to untie that knot to find out who they are. How do you approach people that are in this tough situation where they don't know where they are? They don't know what they want to do. And it's not like, to your point, you're not taught this in school. There's no... I mean, maybe there's a book on it, but everyone's different anyway. So it doesn't matter if there's a book, like, like how do you, you know, how do you get out of your own way? What, how do you approach this from your position? Yes, that's a great, uh, a great question. And a lot of people that come to me, sometimes they also feel they are in the fog. So they, they are feel like in the fog, they cannot really see clearly what, what would make them happy and, and things like that. And so uh, because I, before I go into the, the how, I want to explain something for people that may be helpful as well uh, to explain why so many people get stuck in work they don't love because there are a lot of people. There is a study done by Gallup at uh, some point that say 80% of people are disengaged at work. Right. And which is huge. And uh, there are many reasons for that. But one of the reasons is people often went to choose a career based on the wrong reason. They had a, like the decision making framework was wrong. Right. And because decision f- uh, making framework, we are out there to make career decision is a lot about, OK, what is out there? What are the, the job that I'm going to make money? What? What are the, to get approval, oh, what are the jobs, the type of career that are hot out there? You know, when you live, for example, in the Silicon Valley, you have a lot of pressure to to go in the tech world, whether or not it's aligned with you. So you have this kind of pressure or career that seems cool. At some point in my own path, I went into archaeology. So before doing what I'm doing now, I had several careers and one of them was I was starting to study archaeology not because I was I had a true passion for it but before because when I would say archaeology people would say wow that's cool really? you know? 
So it's like, oh yeah, that's kind of cool, you know, for the ego. Um, and so a lot of people chose Korea for these reasons. And it's why they get stuck at some point. They realize I'm not happy because they didn't make decisions based on who they are and what they really love, their values, their talents, uh, their, what I call their, you know, their inner compass. And so they make decisions on the outside. So a lot of my process first is helping people realize that and then going back to their own, what I call authentic self. What are their own inner compass? What are their own values? What the drivers of fulfillment? Not to make someone happy on the outside, not to get approval from society, but to get approval from yourself inside where you get lighter, this place where you lead up. And you do something, you could do it for hours because it's in your comfort. You love it so much. So helping people get back to that space inside of themselves is really key. And I have a process where we, step by step, we go back to that inner compass. That makes a huge difference in the, in the process. And so do you find that I mean, at this point, I, I believe I read you, you've done this with hundreds of people. Is that correct? Yes. And so, um, but before I go there, so archaeologist, is that what you said? I, like, yeah, I did. So when I was back in France, because I'm from France originally. So when I was uh, at university and I did a, a master degree in archaeology, I spent several years going, doing excavations in the south of France with a lot of caves. So prehistoric caves, I was specializing in uh, prehistoric time. And initially I was planning to have a PhD and become an archaeologist. And, you know, I was just dreaming. So did, so did you ever uncover any like dinosaur bones or anything like that? <laughs> I like the question. Uh, not actually a dinosaur <laughs> bones, but actually funny that you mentioned that I discover um, a tooth of a mammoth. Is that how you say uh, it? Yeah. Oh, mammoth? Really? Yes. Yeah. And the tooth is really big. And initially I didn't even know what it is. So it's my the guy who was running the, the camp, the archaeology camp. He came to me and this is a tooth of a mammoth. I had no idea. So yes, I remember I actually uncovered that. Wow. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Shopify. In the world of successful partnerships, names like Procter & Gamble, Ben & Jerry, and supply and demand echo through business history. But when it comes to growing your business, who are the perfect partners? That's you and Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. We're talking from launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the, did we hit a million dollar order stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling shipping supplies or promoting productivity programs, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Picture this, a time when my business was facing a tough hurdle and I wasn't sure how to break through. But then came the breakthrough moment, a game changer that took my business to the next level. You know, what I absolutely adore about Shopify is its unparalleled ability to adapt and grow with your ambitions. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklyn, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 75 countries. 
Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash Darius, all lowercase. That's D-A-R-I-U-S. Go to shopify.com slash Darius now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash Darius. Shout out to Clarity for supporting this episode and providing us with the samples. Hey there, friends. It's Darius Mishazda here, and I have a little confession to make. You see, I've been battling allergies for years now. And let me tell you, they've been a real ordeal in my life. Allergies have been my constant companion. They stop me from fully enjoying the little things in life, from canceling plans with friends because of sudden allergy attack to missing out on an outdoor activity because of the sneezing fits. Allergies have been a real nuisance. Luckily, for those of us who live with symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing and a runny nose, itchy, watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. I've been a Claritin D user for many, many years now, and let me tell you, it's made a world of difference. Since I started using Claritin D, my symptoms have improved dramatically. Now I can breathe easier, enjoy outdoor activities without worrying about sneezing fits, and truly live my life without being held back by allergies. Ready to live as if you don't have allergies, it's time to live Claritin Clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter now. You don't even need a prescription. Go to ClaritinD.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin Clear uses directed. Guys, everyone, you're, taught, you're now learning from someone that has actually held a woolly mammoth's tooth. <laughs> <laughs> That's hey, listen. There's not a lot of people that can say that, so that's yeah, that, that's pretty cool. I, I, I'm impressed. I'm impressed. Um, I didn't know. Well, I guess they were everywhere. But I was gonna say I didn't know that there was a lot of uh, woolly mammoths in France, but I guess you know at one point it was like it was, the whole world was one Pangea, right? Yes, I mean you know in the I uh, yeah in the past um, can't remember now the the time even there were mammoths when there is prehistoric you know like people living in France. Like wow. I don't know, forty. I we need to go back to my studies, but you know, maybe forty or forty or fifty thousand years ago. Were your parents? Did they pressure you to become an archaeologist, or was this your own? No, no, no. I I didn't get too much pressure from my from my parents. Maybe a little bit on you know, but um, on my dad's side with the they were like farmers, so there was a little bit of wanting people to continue the farming. Uh, but no, archaeology was more my choice. So I went to what happened is after high school in France, I went to study uh, art history. I didn't really know what to do. So it was a little bit like, and then I discovered I had a class with a professor about prehistoric times and I love the class. So I really love the class. So this is true. I really enjoy the class. And I ended up going to, um, you know, doing more like excavations in caves yeah. Uh, all around where I was living. And then I started imagining this path of me becoming an archaeologist and PhD. And so a part of it, I kind of, I didn't want, want to say I didn't like it. There was a part of me who kind of enjoys some of it. But a part, I didn't like it enough. And I think for me to be so central, and, and this is a key distinction for people. And often people who come work with me at the beginning, they say, I have so many interests. How am going to know which one is going to be part of my work and which one is just going to be something I do on the side? And so with the process I do, we really do a deep dive 
to really get at the core, what are your core drivers of fulfillment, the thing that your core values, I know you do a lot of work on values, what yeah. are the, the, the core values that are not a nice to have, but a must have? And when you get more in touch with that, it's easier to know what is central versus what is gonna just stay a hobby on the side. Interesting. And so, so it sounds like almost a hierarchy around values, a hierarchy around your essence, if you will, right? It's like, like, like there's certain parts that you need to feed, but maybe it just needs a little bit of food and then it's good, right? And then there's certain parts that's like, I want to say uh, incessant, like, there's like uh, you can't satisfy that appetite because it's so much of who you are that, and at least in my experience, and I had a very, like what you're describing is probably my experience, right? That, and you were saying, we kind of end up in these different jobs, sometimes out of necessity, sometimes out of ego, sometimes out of both, sometimes out of parents, influence, whatever, right? Circumstance. So, I mean, I ended up in my business because I was really focused on making money. I always wanted to make money. My dad was a big person about making money. I was very money motivated from the youngest age. I still love to make money. I, it's an important part for me. I know, uh, like, I know I like to make money, but all I care, but when I wasn't, when I was poor, I was a college student, right? So like, you know, and, and my dad made it special. My dad did stuff like he'd say, I'm not paying your tuition. You got to figure it out, mm-hmm. you know, or he would make me beg for him to pay, help me with rent. So as soon as, so I started paying my own way when I was about 20, 21, because I didn't want to ask for money anymore. But when, so when you take on that responsibility, you now have to go make money, Right. And, and, and if you're in school full time and you're trying to support yourself, you end up working like a hundred hours a week. So, and I have a strong work ethic, so that was fine. But then I got out of school and I was like, I don't want to have to work that much. I I don't want, if I'm going to work that much, I want to make a lot of money and I want to have a lot of money because I want to be successful and I want people to know that I'm successful. And I was like, I'm going to build a huge company and I'm going to be a millionaire and I'm going to make tons of money. And I'm going to, people are going to be like, that guy makes a lot of money. And I'm going to know I have a lot of money and I'm not going to have to worry about money. And so this was like, I got obsessed about making money. Now I learned something pretty quickly that was interesting as to what you're just saying right now. At a certain amount of money, I quit caring about making money as much. And it wasn't a lot of money. It was a lot less money than had you asked me when I had no money. Like it was like probably like a fifth of what I, or even a 10th of what I thought the number would be where I was less I still wanted to make money, but it wasn't like my focus, right? So that got satisfied. That part of Maslow's hierarchy was done. And then I was like, well, now I I want to have impact and I want to make money. And I found it very difficult. Although in the mortgage space, you can make impact by helping people get into homes. When I would tell people, you know what it was actually, Isabel? When I would tell people that I was in the mortgage business, as I'm a very sensing person, I would sense their disappointment. (laughs) And and it was like, and I don't even know if they knew they were doing this. It was like, uh, like kind of, they're kind of got bored. That's not exciting. Oh, mortgage. Okay. Oh yeah. 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 Like, like something like that. Like they weren't like there was, and I would sense their lack of excitement Uh and it offended. It like started bothering me uh, because I was like, well, I don't, I don't like that. You know? And I realized I said, oh, cause this is all about making money. You know, they don't, it's not interesting to them because what's in it for them? Like some guy that makes money, no one cared. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, and the more I, I saw that, the more it made me, made me want to have more impact. 
which was this new currency that I wasn't being, and now I was like, oh, I have money, but I'm not getting this, I'm starving for impact. Yeah, yeah, because and, often there is this, you know, when you say starving, I think there is a starving for a soul wants to express, you know, we are all here to express something. And, and the money doesn't satis satisfy a part of that, but doesn't satisfy all of it. So yeah, it sounds like in your case and a lot of people, there is a, play, a place in you that wants to make impact and, and, and fulfill, express your gift in the world in a certain way. And I see every people I talk to, all of my clients, uh, they have that inside. Um, and, and it's why also when this part is not satisfied, we can compensate, you know, by all kind of addictive behaviors. Uh, yeah. You know, like whatever is food, is whatever the thing is for each person. When that part of, of nourishment, your soul or your heart or want to be nourished. And this is exciting to help people clarify what, what that is for them. Because then, you know, imagine when you are within, you feel nourished and you do, you make the difference in the world you are here to make. You can just relax and be at ease around it. Well, right. And you could lean into it, right? Because you're like, oh, this is, and maybe it changes over time, right? Because we're, we're, we're constantly evolving. Are you guys enjoying the show so far? Darius here. And by now you might know that I'm passionate about a few things, pizza, pink unicorns, core values, and down dirty, interesting conversation with some amazing people. However, the biggest one that I've spent most of my career on is entrepreneurship and scale. You see, look, my first few years in business, I spent like probably a good five years of my life getting my freaking teeth kicked. I mean, really getting crushed. And I learned a lot during that time period. So I spent the greater part of the last couple of years helping entrepreneurs scale their businesses in a meaningful way without going through the same growing pains that I did. And what I realized is that CEOs and business leaders don't know if they can scale and thus they do the right thing at the wrong times. This causes them to lose clarity, lose momentum, alignment, and the bottom line is you lose money. And look, you don't have to do that. It's why I created what I call the scalability assessment. And you can access it 100% for free. That's right, guys. There are perks to listening to The Greatness Machine. All you have to do is go to DariusScale.com. That's D-A-R-I-U-S scale, S-C-A-L-E.com. And there, you can check to see if your business is set up to scale properly. It's going to give you a scalability score at the end, and it's also going to give you some clarity on what you can do next. Once again, guys, that's www.itsdariusscale.com. Once again, guys, it's dariusscale.com. And now back to the show. From what I heard you say is I'm, I understand that you're helping them identify what, what, as a friend of mine says, what makes your heart sing, what makes you feel alive, what makes you feel like you're in a flow state. And where time goes by and you look up and you go, oh my God, I've been doing this for two hours. It felt like two minutes, right? But you have to, and, and some people say, well, oh, that's a first world problem. Like, you know, like I can't worry about that. I have to worry about making money. But that's my question for you because I've seen that. And we talked, by the way, what I just said to you is based off of, of Scott Dinsmore's YouTube TEDx talk. So for those of you in the, in the audience that don't know, Scott Dinsmore was a, a guy that did this TED talk on, on how to find work that you're passionate about. And he spoke at a TEDx talk that I did in 2012. And when I first spoke to Isabel, I think you brought it up to me. Oh, there's this guy. <laughs> she brought up this guy who did this really great talk. And I said, or maybe I told you I did the TEDx event. And you said, oh, I think I know somebody there. You had met Scott, isn't that correct? I'm, yeah, I met it once in San Francisco. And, and also I'm, you know, he, he has done, he did wonderful work. 
and I want to honor his memory because he, he you know, he passed away climbing in, in Africa and in a totally unexpected way. So knowing his memory is on so much work and maybe he's here with us right now, you know, yeah. in the conversation. <laughs> yeah, no, Scott, Scott's, uh, it was funny. Uh, so, so yeah, where I was going with this is that unfortunately in 2015, he had a tragic accident doing something amazing, actually climbing Mount Kilimanjaro and, um, and, he, and he passed away. But um, when we, when Isabel and I were talking, we connected over the fact that she had met him and that I knew him because he, his talk that is now a famous talk went viral at this event that I did. And one of the things that Scott said to me, which I, which made me think of you right now is I don't know if it, he and I, like we became friends because of his talk. And so, so what would happen is, is, you know, I launched that talk and it had zero views on YouTube. And, the, and for those of you that don't know, it's, it's look up Scott Dinsmore, how to find work you're passionate about. It's on YouTube. It's on Ted, Ted.com as well, but Scott Dinsmore, it sounds like it's spelled. And he got, I think he's at 12 million views now of this talk. It's pretty amazing. So the day I put it out, he's like, all right, Darius, you've got to put it out at this time on this day. I mean, there was all these rules he had for me. Right? And, I'm like, and, and he's the only speaker in the whole event that's like having these rules. And I'm like, okay, man, like relax. And so I listened to him. He had to be on a Tuesday. It had to be at like 4.30 in the afternoon. There's all these rules. And right away, I saw it go to like 25,000 views in like a week. And I was like, holy crap, like this is crazy. And so I kept communicating with him because it was my first, it went to like a 25, 35, then 100, and then it 200, and 150, 250, 300. And I would, every time it would hit a new milestone, I'd email him. I'd be like, hey, look what I saw today. <laughs> and, and, it, and so we would celebrate. And we celebrated, this is 2012 when he did the talk. So we celebrated it for three years. And over that time, we commit, became better friends. And so in 2015, actually, in, in April, I think it was, or May, we went to um, April, we went to TED. In, in Vancouver mm. and he and I went together and we and we weren't roommates or anything like that but we hung out a bunch because I, I had gone before and he was new and I, and I knew people there and um and we were talking about the work you're doing right now actually and 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 what he and I said he said you know work around passion people doing work that they feel passionate about is such important work to be done and it was funny because he at this point his platform had grown tremendously he went from like small little thing he was trying to build to like worldwide people knew who he was and he was changing lives. And so I think what you're doing is so important because I see that in this world that we live in today, this digital world, people, it's a world where the values of the world are around making money, showing off who ha who's more celebrity. Like these are the things that that in, on average people like our society values, right? Who's the best at something? They should get attention for it. Uh, oh yeah, if you're not if you're none of these, you're a loser, right? Our president likes to say that, right? And so, people, I think that makes people feel inadequate, right? And so, yeah, I see. Yeah, I don't know. When people come to you, you know, with that in mind, that, that there's so many pressures for people to be the best or to live their passions. And they probably, you know, my guess is they're putting a lot of these pressure on themselves, mm -hmm. right? Yes. What is your process to help overcome that, knowing that there's societal pressure for them to be the best? And in their mind, and, and, and especially in, in Silicon Valley, right? Mm -hmm. In Silicon yeah. Valley, you have, like, it's, it's a strategic mindset type of place. The smartest person in the room wins. The young, it doesn't matter if you're the youngest. It's the best gets the best. 
and you're surrounded by a lot of money and then they come in and they don't measure up or they don't, or they're not happy and they come to you, how do you overcome that knowing that there's a lot of environmental pressures that are going to be there no matter what you do? Yes, that's a good question because, yeah, there is so much environmental pressure. I mean, everywhere in the world, you know, if it's not in Silicon Valley, somewhere else, because I have clients, I have actually clients from international clients. I have clients from Singapore. I have a client from China. Uh, I have, you know, so, and we see different social or parental pressure that takes different shape, but there is everywhere in the world. And, and so what we do is that instead of focusing on the, and the pressure from the environment where people are so used that they are swimming in it, we take the time to, to put the focus on who they really are and their authentic self. So we do a process, especially, you know, my programs are several months and we spent at least the beginning two or three months diving into what is their authentic self. So going into their own values, what make them happy, what light them up, their unique talents, uh, what are they naturally good at? Uh, what are their personality types? So we focus so much on themselves for the past, for the next two or three months and what light them up that slowly we counterbalance. We have to counterbalance because the pressure is too high. You know, what they think they are, you know, their authentic self is here and the pressure of society is here. So we have to find a way to make it counterbalance so mm-hmm. that they are able to make decision from that place. So it's why I spend a lot of time, we dive deep into, uh, you know, their own, you know, we do own self-discovery, but very, you know, I was doing excavation for archaeology. I help them do excavations inside of themselves. Yeah. And at the level most people have never done before. Some people think, oh, I know who I am. A lot of my clients, they just keep discovering, seeing that, you know, they even didn't know, or some, sometimes things that were right in their face that they couldn't see. Right. So I have this, this client who, uh, she, every, everywhere she, she goes, she loves organizing places. She go to a place and she already see what needs to be organized. And it was so natural to her, she was even not seeing it, it was the water she was swimming. And as we did the process, we, she was Oh my God, it was white in my face. Right. I couldn't see it because it was so, the water I was swimming in. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The, the fish doesn't know that the fish is in water, right? To your point, like uh, people get it's So, do you think everyone making these career transitions should work with a coach? So, if we can want to make a career transition to work with a coach, I mean, it really depends the situation. So, it's a, it would be help if the person, I don't know what the situation is exactly, because it really depends on the situation. I would say it definitely helps. Helps, first of all, to ensure you are going in the right direction. Right. That you, you, you're not going to two years from now regret and say, oh, no, this is not the right one. So, first of all, to be clear on that and have a, a vision that it's aligned with your purpose and your calling. So mm-hmm. this really helps. And then navigating all the doubts and fears, because as you said, there is so much so, you know, society pressure that I see even when people are clear, my clients, like it's hard to take the step. You, sometimes you have doubts. Oh, I'm really doing that. What people are going to think, what thing. So having a coach to really hold your hand until you can really fly by yourself and feel like, I'm st- I don't care anymore about the societal pressure. 
I'm gonna do it. So it's really it make it, I think it really make the process way easier and, and faster to do it with a coach who knows how to support you in that. Yeah, I think you made a great point earlier, which is, you know, I think that depends on the level of awareness someone has, right? If someone has very high awareness, self-awareness, especially, it's maybe a little easier to see where, where they're, they're going to be more, they're going to identify where their shortcomings are or, or that. But, but I think part of awareness is when you're aware of the fact that you're too close to the problem, right? So, so that's where I think that what you're saying is, is a lot of these people, they're so close to the problem that they can't see the problem, right? Yes. Because it's, it's just, it's part of who they are already. And, and they need someone else to say, did you know the problem's there? And they go, oh, it's right here on my, you know, maybe it's a, not even a problem, maybe it's a solution, right? But they're so close to it. So for example, the person you just said, everywhere she goes, she likes to organize. What am I going to do with my life? I don't know, what should I do with my life? It's like, well, I think it's uh, pretty obvious what you should do with your life. The thing that you, you love doing, which is, does she have like an organizing business now? <laughs> yes, yeah, she's on the path of, of really doing that. And and it was right in her face. And it's funny because most of my clients, not all, but it's often the case. Yeah. Often I start seeing things, but they don't see, you know, it's just, or they, so either they don't see it or they discount it. Like, because it's, you know, we have in society this thing, oh, I should be a doctor or a lawyer or work in tech. So we have this idea of what a good position should be when something else they say oh you know like they discount it so I help them really see what is for them and to not discount it because right. if you have a gift we need people from we need all of us in the world and your gift is just valuable Every, all the gifts are valuable so helping them you know just really kind of see that um, and I remember working with a the CEO, she was a, the CEO of a, of a startup and she was really uh, bright, really smart, very successful, but she was really not happy. And uh, the, invest, the investors she was working with, there was clash in values. Right. And, and she wanted, there was a big clash of values. She wanted to do something she loved and have an impact. She had no idea, even if she was successful, what it was. And as we uncovered, you know, the process, one of the blind spots among other ones is that uh, uh, a care and compassion. She thought, you know, she, she had a lot of care and compassion and wanted to create the business world on a different, with more compassion for people and more respect and having, creating a business around that, these kind of values. But she wasn't see it. And when we, I pointed out to her and we asked feedback from people that she was actually really kind and compassionate, she was like, really? Do I have that inside of me? She couldn't see it. Um, right. Yeah, that's interesting. And so it's funny you're talking about the, the, the concept of values and how that plays into this. And so um, I want to relate. I, I think after I spoke with you, I, I had, I don't know if I told you the story, but two doors down for me is the number one barbecue person in the, in the world. Did I tell you that story when we met? I'm not sure. I don't know if I told you the story. So there's a guy named Aaron Franklin. He's the top barbecue pit master in the United States, which for people that aren't into barbecue may not sound like much, but that's like being the number one chef in the United States for a certain type of food. It's a big deal. I mean, like the guys like, and, and the United States likes barbecue. So like the guys on the cook, like the, the cooking network or the food network, he's on the food network. He's got sold a million cookbooks. He's a big deal. 
And so I had, so he's lives two doors down from me here in Austin, Texas. And I had, I had lunch with him and I said, Aaron, how did you get into barbecue? And he said, the answer he gave me was he said, well, you know, Darius, I didn't find barbecue. Barbecue found me. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of annoyed by the answer. Right. So and like, cause I was like, cause I'm a, I like the story. I want to know the history, like the why, like, like I'm a learner. You can't tell me that answer. That doesn't feed my learner, uh, you know, strength. And so I went home, I, I Googled him and there's Esquire magazine and people magazine. There's all, he's a, I mean, he's a famous guy. So, so I read this eight page Esquire article about him and it tells the whole story. And, and it was an amazing story. Now, mind you, we had two hours of lunch. So he could have told me the story, but he chose not to. I guess he just didn't want to t- tell the story. It was an amazing story, Isabel. And he was right. At the end of it, he didn't find barbecue. Barbecue didn't find him. So then I had a moment. And this is probably right after I spoke to you uh, when we had our, our call, where I said, oh, man, I wish I had a barbecue in my life. <laughs> Something that found me that I, that I was passionate about, right? And I, then I stopped myself. I said, dummy, you do. It's core values, right? And I realized that, that for me, I had, that it was staring me in the face. I had written a book about it. At that moment, I was like, wow, if I could be that close to something that I wrote a book, I published a book, it's getting published right now, but I spent a year talking about this thing yep. and I built all these businesses off it and I have a conversation with the person and I still don't see it. Yes. I can imagine most people come to you and they don't see their special gifts. That must be the easiest thing for you. I mean, maybe it's not easy for you to uncover it, but it's probably easy for like out of your clients, do most of them not see their most unique gifts? A lot. Uh, quite, yeah. Uh, uh, most of them don't. Most of them don't. Or they acknowledge take, it? Yeah, they don't. Or they take it for granted. They don't see it. They, um, yeah, they just take it for granted or they think, wow, what is, yeah. They, or they want to be somebody else. It's interesting the example you mentioned because we have this thing as human being, like, because you were so inspired by this story, which is great. Oh, what is my barbecue? You know, right. we, want to, we go into the outside where actually it was just white. Yeah. <laughs> there, so we, we tend to put the intention, oh, I want to be like these people and going back to, but no, I'm not like these people. No. There is something else for me to do on this planet that is just unique to me and it's already in me and it's what I'm doing all the time without really realizing I'm doing it. It's right there in the face. And one of the, maybe I want to give maybe a, you know, some, some tips for people who are watching if they wonder, you know, how do I, <laughs> how do I start clarifying that? Yeah, um, yeah please. Or, you know, I think that can be helpful is... There are different ways to do that, but you can, uh, one of the things is, you know, if you love reading books, for example, just pay attention, what kind of books you are reading? What are the themes of this book? Uh, if you are drawn, you, or you watch interviews or, you know, radio shows, what are the, the interviews or the, the thing, the movies you are watching? What are the themes of these movies that you are watching? Uh, when you have conversation with people that you get excited about, what are the things that you get excited about? Or where your focus when you have a conversation with someone or you go to someone's place, what is your focus goal all, you know, all the time that you cannot help noticing? So to help you see the water, you are already swimming, being like a detective with yourself. Right. Throwing these kind of things. 
So if they start looking at, oh, I like to learn about history and I love, you know, like historical movies and I like to learn about people that overcome adversity, you know, just by like seeing those themes, you know, they can know that maybe, and maybe what I'm hearing you say, and we haven't talked about this much, but I want to, you know, you mentioned it a couple of times. Is it that that helps them identify their values, right? Because normally a movie I like is a reflection of what I value, right? A book I like is a reflection of my values. The people, what I find interesting about you is a reflection of what I value, right? So forget about the word values, just say, this is what I value, right? That's why I care about it, right? So isn't what you're saying really is them really getting, and, and, and I get what you're saying, that these are the, this is an easy way for them to pay attention to have an awareness of what they care about, right? But my question for you is, when you do this work, how do you take the idea of core values? And this is my own selfish question now because the, my book's coming out in three and a half weeks. How do you take the concept of core values and put that into the equation of making a career transition? I mean, this is a, you're talking about a full reinvention a lot of the times of what they're doing with themselves. How do values and purpose you know, come into play with that type of, that type of work. It's essential. It's part of it. The first thing I do with my clients is actually exploring their values. And, and the way I do it, we do some deep self-discovery around it. I don't have a pre-can list that I, I ask them, you know, check which ones. We do some, some visualization to help them uncover that. And some, we spend two hours just on that. So clarify what for them are they unique and the way I see values, it might be different, you know, for your different people, but it's really what are your, the, the ingredient of fulfillment you need in your life. So it's not just value around, you know, honesty or integrity, but also uh, I love um, problem solving, you know, and this is a value of mine, meaning it's a, if I don't have problem solving in my life, I'm really not happy. So what are the things that you need to have to be really fulfilled? And we, we dig deeper, you know, it's the problem solving is general. We look at what kind of problem do you like, do you like solving? How do you like solving problem? And we get to the core of that kind of values around problem solving, for example. So we go into these elements. And so when we get to the explore more, the career they love, these core ingredients need to be there. For example, if problem solving or uh, some people love having a chat, you know, like a challenge, they are really need if of variety, diversity, like not doing the same thing, we ensure that in the work they're gonna, they're gonna, we're gonna clarify these core values are gonna be present because if they are not present, forget about it. You're not gonna be happy because your your values are really your the measurement of fulfillment. So right. it has to be to be aligned and in in you know in in the work. So we we start with that and then we we build with different th- with your strengths, your passion. All of that, we all the different layers to get to the core of what's really essential to you. We use different lenses. So value is one, strengths and talents, personality type, life purpose, interest and passion. So we look at a lot of different angles and we right. combine them together to get to the core of what you are here to do. That's interesting. Well, my, my other question for, for you would be, because I think that one practice that, because I use values and strengths as, as kind of my, the two lenses I like to, like when I'm just measuring, I like things that, uh, that I'm going to spend my time on. 
But one of the one practice that is outside of the lens that I've worked on is awareness, right? Because if I'm not aware that I miss stuff, right? So the practice of meditation for me, combined with those things, has made it where I can see, oh, there's a values issue, or oh, just the just the paying attention that that having that practice of paying attention, mm. I, I believe has strengthened me, my ability to identify when I'm when I'm sitting there saying, I wish I had a barbecue, <laughs> right? My guess is the reason I was, maybe I caught it was that I, my awareness muscle is stronger than it was a year ago when I didn't meditate, right? And I've been meditating for a year. So do you, is there anything that you do around awareness or, or talk to them around, you know, present, being present with their, these different areas? Like, is there any work around that? Because obviously if they're not, if they're not aware, if they're not present, don't, I, I think there might be issues around them even if they do the work, really coming up with the right answer. Do you know what I mean? Yes, no, it's a good point. I love what you, that you pointed out. So first, a few things. The first thing is that because of the process, we do a lot of having them look between session at what are their values and strengths. So you, they do a lot of introspection. So they build in the process, they build the muscle of looking at themselves and introspection and knowing who they are. So this by itself helps because then they, we do it, they do it so much <laughs> that, you know, the introspection muscle going back to us. So this piece is a huge part. And then after that, depending on client, I also recommend, um, you know, some practices. And this, I, it's really adapted to each client. Some people like meditation. Some people, they have a different way of doing meditation. You know, some people right. sometimes going walk for a walk in nature is their meditation. Right. So I, I try to really see what are your practices that you do on a daily, weekly basis that help you forget the craziness of the world. And especially why now we need it or the influence of, oh, what's it, the shiny object outside to go back to you. So it's going in nature, it's meditating, it's uh, doing something you enjoy, going in the water. Just um, so I help my clients really develop these practices so that they can support them in being more clear about their own truth and distinguishing what you said, what is a shiny object on the outside, like the barbecue, oh, the shiny object versus what is my own truth for myself. Wow. So um, we're running up to the end of the show here. I said, I have a question I like to ask lots of people on the show. So obviously you've done a lot of work in, on yourself to, to figure out what you care about. And, and on your website, it kind of talks about how you were in tech. And prior to that, it sounds like you were on the road to becoming an archaeologist. And here you are being one of the top transition, you know, life business coaches out there. What are your values? What are your core values in either in your business or in your personal life that you think are helping you bring greatness to the world right now? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like this question. Yes, such a good question about the core values. So uh, one of, uh, there are several. One of my core is the, the freedom to be myself and the freedom to be yourself. So I have a strong value of how can you be fully self-expressed as a human being through exactly who you are, your unique essence and letting go of the conditioning of what that you learn from society that are not you. So this is a big driver for me for the work I do and for helping my clients getting to that beautiful essence 
that is so brilliant. It's why my business is called Brilliant Seeds, because we go uh-huh. back to that brilliance that is just inside of you and uh-huh. letting go of the rest. So the freedom of, you know, the, of being yourself exactly as you are is a huge, uh, I have so much respect when I think about that for my clients and for each person's uniqueness and what uniquely make them shine, happy, the way they make decisions. Each person has a unique way of making decisions. And I, I, I hate when people try to say there is a way you should do it. Right. Helping people find what is, what is it for them. I love that. It's a, I, I hear a lot of love in your, in your values. It's cool. Mm-hmm. It's my yeah. number two. That's my number two core value. So. Core values. Yeah, love. And I just mentioned one, but there is a lot of yeah. com- love and compassion. I have, yeah, love and compassion for yeah, each human being on the planet. And, you know, beyond that, human being, animals. And, but my, my, my work is more with people than animals, but it's why. I, but the love and compassion for each person exactly as they are. It's, That's so cool. Oh, man. I love, my, I love doing this show. Uh, I get to spend time with amazing people like you. So where can people find you? Where can they find you? I know there's some really cool things that people can do to connect with you around some assessment work. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, if you don't mind, just kind of give the, the rundown of where, how people can work with you. Where can they find you? What sort of things can people do to, to really learn more? Yes. Um, thank you for asking. So first of all, my website, brilliantseeds.com. It should be in the comments. So you'll see, see where you can learn more about, about that and, and what I do. I also, for people who are listening, watching right now, or, you know, watching the replay and you're like, wow, you know how I want to get started on that journey. I have a free report uh, that going to be, I think, posted in the comment about uh, what I talked about today and how the framework to really go back to you and your own authentic self with some concrete step and exercise to get started. You can get started right now on this path and some cool exercise you can do. Uh, you can do. And, and then finally, for people who are watching and if you like, yeah, I'm, I'm really actually, I, that resonates a lot with what you said. I feel like I need, I'm ready to get support right now on this journey. And, and I like what you said. It feels like aligned with what I want. Um, yeah, I'm happy to talk. You'll see on my website, there is a link. I offer like a complimentary breakthrough um, session to help you kind of clarify what is the career you want to do and what is in the way and what are steps you want to take. And um, feel free to go on my website and apply to that. And I'll be happy to have a conversation with you about how I could champion you and support you to bring your, your gift into the world. Yeah, everybody. I, I was, the way we met was I was lucky enough, like I said, to get the introduction. I spent the time with Isabel and it was, it was time well spent. So if you are, you are not feeling like you're like in the flow state of, of loving what you're doing, like this is a, an amazing person who can, who can really, you know, support you and help you identify what the next, the next uh, quest is going to be. So that said, uh, Isabel, thank you so much for being on the show. This has really been wonderful. I really appreciate your time. You're welcome. I just, it was just wonderful. I'm feeling so excited about it. Loved it. Thank yeah, it's such a great show. Guys, uh, we're, we got, I think I got some people in Australia that booked for over the weekend. So <laughs> uh, we have, I don't know how that happened, but I think I have a show on Sunday or tomorrow. Um, I was going to say I will see you next week, but I think I got some Australians. You guys know who you are who booked, but um, 
so uh, I will see you, I think, over the weekend with some uh, of my people down under. If not, we got a big week ahead of us next week. What a great way to cap the week with Isabel. I'm so grateful, like I said, to have you be a part of the show and to, to finish such a great week with you. Thank you, Isabel. Thank you. So grateful for you, Darius, and all that you do. And I love that you use your gift right now to, to interview all of us. And oh. it's so good. I'm, I'm the one that gets it's all it, it's selfishly it's all for me <laughs> but this is the thing when you do what you love you do it for you because it feeds me so much it feeds you so much and then you help other people so yeah. that was that was what I figured out I'm like oh well I get to have an hour-long conversation with an amazing person like you and then everyone else gets value out of it because they get to learn a bunch so it's a win-win <laughs> I love that yes that's yeah, so cool um guys um do me a favor. There's three ways you can support the show. Go to at the real Darius M on Facebook, follow, subscribe, like, watch, start watch parties, share the content. We have so many great, amazing thought leaders that have been on the show that sharing their work is just, you're, you're giving a gift to your friends and family. And Isabel is definitely on that list. We all know people that need to make transitions in their life and they need people like Isabel to help them do that. So please share the show uh, with anyone that you think that, that even just wants to, to get a hint of help um, and or just to learn. Like Isabel, such a, such a wealth of knowledge. I've been to her website. It's so great. There's so many cool things on there and it's a, it's a really great way to, to connect and to, to really, you know, explore the ideas of living your best life. Um, the second thing is, is subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can go to the, the, it's under my name, but just type in the greatness machine, find the channel and subscribe to the show. That way you get emails letting you know when the shows are happening in case you miss them. And I do, as you guys all know, a ton of shows because I have so many amazing people that I can't wait to talk to. And last but not least, uh, go to my website, therealdarius.com and uh, just sign up and we send an email newsletter out each week with all the stuff we're working on. And the book is coming out three and a half weeks. So excited. Yay. A worldwide premiere and I'm glad for all the support. So guys, thank you so much. You are listening to The Greatness Machine, and that's a wrap for today. Guys, The Greatness Machine is all about two things. People who are living their passions and those who are creating greatness in the world, and we feature these messages and speakers so it can help you step into your greatness within your own life and your own business. If you love what you heard, subscribe to the show on whatever podcast platform you're tuning in from, and leave us a review. We love getting reviews for the show. If the episode made you think of someone who is leveling up in their business and life, print screen it, share it with them, Leaders are the best givers, and after all, we're all here to learn from one another. You can also go to our website, www.thegreatnessmachine.com. That's www.thegreatnessmachine.com. And on there, you'll see special tools to help you scale your business faster, show notes for the episode to help you integrate the lessons, and you will also get links that came out during the show. So on there, look, you can also grab a copy of my book, The Core Value Equation, which is a resource for helping CEOs and business leaders establish core values from their teams that don't suck. And mind you, a lot of them suck. Get access to this and more at www.thegreatnessmachine.com. With that said, you guys, look, thank you so much. I appreciate you. I love you. Peace. We out of here. See you guys next time. This episode is brought to you by the Yap Media Podcast Network. I'm Hala Taha, CEO of the award-winning digital media empire, Yap Media, and host of Yap Young and Profiting Podcast, a number one entrepreneurship and self-improvement podcast where you can listen, learn, and profit. On Young and Profiting Podcast, I interview the brightest minds in the world, and I turn their wisdom into actionable advice that you can use in your daily life. 
Each week, we dive into a new topic like the art of side hustles, how to level up your influence and persuasion, and goal setting. I interview A-list guests on Young and Profiting. I've got the best guests, like the world's number one negotiation expert, Chris Voss, Shark, Damon John, serial entrepreneurs, Alex and Layla Hermosi, and even movie stars like Matthew McConaughey. There's absolutely no fluff on my podcast, and that's on purpose. Every episode is jam-packed with advice that's gonna push your life forward. I do my research, I get straight to the point, and I take things really seriously, which is why I'm known as the podcast princess and how I became one of the top podcasters in the world in less than five years. Young and Profiting Podcast is for all ages. Don't let the name fool you. It's an advanced show. As long as you want to learn and level up, you will be forever young. So join Podcast Royalty and subscribe to Young and Profiting Podcast or Yap, like it's often called by my Yap fam, on Apple, Spotify, CastBox, or wherever you listen to your podcasts.